Welcome to Eject Rejects. We are your rejects. I'm Forrest. I'm Jacob. And I'm Ian. Today we're going to talk about another Patreon request. Thank you so much. Um, this is Paranorman 2012, and Jacob, you're going to have to remind me on the gentleman's name. Mason Sanders. He's a co-worker, right? He is a co-worker of mine. Thank you, Mr. Sanders. And inside joke. So I, and I don't actually say this. But fuck you, Mason. It's an inside joke. I, I won't actually say that to everyone else, but fuck you, Mason. Yeah, um, fuck you, Mason. Uh, Go ahead. Say it. Say Thank it. you, Mason. There you go. All okay. right. I'm sure he'll, you're a nice person. He will person. love this. He will love this. Okay. So he'll, sure? he'll, okay. He won't take any offense. He'll laugh, and he'll be. He'll come up and say, fuck well, you, too, and it'll be I a big joke. I hope that he takes offense. I mean, that's why I was saying it. I mean, oh, Mason, were- if that was not offensive enough, how, how, how about this? Fuck you. No, that, that's like personally to you, and Mason. you're still a disappointment. How dare you? All right. Motherfucker Paranorman. Let's talk about this shit. Paranorman is a... <laughs> Like a production. Now, that name may sound familiar. These guys did Coraline, Kubo and the Two Strings, recently Missing Link. Um, these guys like to do uh, stop-motion claymation movies, and they're fantastic at it. Directed by Sam Fell and Chris Butler. Sam Fell did Tales of Despero, this small little animated mouse film that yeah. I really enjoyed a few years back. I remember watching it with my mom, and she loved it. It was... Based off the book, right? There's a book that one was based off of? I believe so. I, I don't remember much of the movie besides it was nice to go with my mom. Like, it was one of those nice little moments that I had with my mom. We went to go see this cute little film. We both loved it. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was sweet. So, Paranorman is a rather new movie. 2012. Yeah. It's about an individual, Norman, who can see the dead. Played by Cody Smith McPhee. I like this kid. I don't like the way he looks, <laughs> but I really you like the him. actor or the character. Well, both. <laughs> That's such a weird dig. Like I like his work. I don't like the fucking way you look, though. He okay. He's he's done two. Your genetics movies. are fucking bad. He's done two movies that I really like. As when he was he he's older now. He's probably in his twenties now. But when he was a child actor, he did The Road, which is. A really gritty post-apocalyptic movie about a father and a son in this really bad wasteland just trying to survive. And he was the kid actor in that. And then he was the kid actor in Let Me In, a remake of one of my favorite vampire movies. I believe it's a Swedish one. It was called Let the Right One In. The American version with which he is in. Ian is red in the face right now. (laughs) (laughs) I just so so stuck on the way you said that. I don't like the way he looked. Okay, how about this? While I'm talking about this, you look up pictures of him, Ian. Okay, that that is your duty. No, we're not going to berate this kid. Just let me. I'm I'm leaving it. I'm I'm dropping it. I just I'm going to leave it in his court. (laughs) The ball is in your court, Ian. Um, he was in Let Me In. He was the 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 main child actor in that. And the remake isn't great, but obviously it's not. We're talking about. He is a good actor in this. He is a great voice actor. Um individual norman he sees ghosts and he is picked on by friends family even and a uncle played by john goodman mr pendergrast is coming to him and basically saying that you now have to carry on my duty of reading to this this witch um once a year to keep back and hold back this curse and this town is built off in this kind of Salem kind of heritage where there's pilgrims and witch Mm -hmm. hunts and all that ghast Lee 
stuff. So it's got a nice horror film to it, but ultimately it's paired for kids. And I thought it did a really good job. The animation is top-notch. I don't think Leica has really had a a miss at all. Now, profit-wise, they have. Content-wise, no. Yeah, so since you're talking about Troika and you're also talking about <laughs> things that look weird, um, <laughs> Troika has a very distinctive animation style. Leica. Now, Leica, sorry, Troika, I'm thinking of something else. Leica, Leica has a very distinctive uh, animation style with all of their stuff, and all, almost all of the things that at least I'm familiar with they've made are all the stop-motion uh, claymation animation style, yep. if you will. Uh, Coraline's really the only other film I've seen, and I don't remember Coraline a whole lot. Uh, it's really I, good, too. I, I know it's really good. I really want to see Kubo and the Two Strings. I just haven't gone around to it. I've heard that that's a fantastic film. They did another film, which I remember seeing the trailer for, and I thought looked dumb, but I, I didn't see the film, was uh, Box Trolls. That was a film that they did in between. I like the Box Trolls. And, and, I thought it was yeah, cute. It no was a shade. cute movie. No shade on it, because I haven't seen it. Again, I just I remember during that time, because I was younger, I was like, because it was a kid's movie, and I was in my early teens. So I'm like, mm. I don't you know. Anyway. That's stupid. Yeah, yeah exactly. And then uh, the most latest one they did was Missing Link, which was nominated for a lot of awards. It was critically received very well, but it just completely bombed at the box office. Like, I remember looking at the base production value compared to how much it made, and it was embarrassing. It was like Mm -hmm. fractions of how much it cost to make it, which is really surprising to me because Leica has done so many good films, Paranorman being one of them. But all other films tend to have this very distinctive animation style where when you think of claymation, you think of uh, Wallace and Gromit or Flushed Away or Chicken Run, right? Where there's the very rounded shapes and everything mm-hmm. and very kind of kid-like in a lot of ways. Like a, everything is asymmetrical. Mm-hmm. And it's very uncomfortable for me because I'm a, a rigidly structured person in my personal life. I'm sure those of you who have listened have probably gathered that about me. And to watch a film where literally everything does not match up properly, even down to the the, the little details, which from a technical perspective, I'm very uh, appreciative of. For example, the the, the eyes are different sizes and their pupils are different sizes. Sometimes the pupils are squares and another one is a circle. I noticed that about, uh, not Norman, but... I think it was one of the kids that he Neil deals with. Or it might have been Neil, yeah, where one of the uh, one of the pupils is a square and the other one's a circle. Even the windows on the van that they were driving were different sizes. Yeah, like exactly. the windows on the back, one was teeny tiny and the other one was kind of big. Like it's yeah, just... and it's and it's not a Tim Burton style because a lot of times you could think of Tim Burton. Tim Burton to me is like deliberately trying to make everything slanted and it's, it messes with your perception and your perspective. That's not what Leica does. Their stuff to me is more. Just everything is chaotic in a lot of ways mm-hmm. and asymmetrical, and you might have a circle next to a square and so on and so forth. Messes with me, but it definitely helped push the whole feeling unearthiness that this film had overall, which was very effective at doing it. And in a lot of ways, I think this is a great Halloween movie, even though we're past that, for kids. I actually oh, read yeah. reviews saying that they thought that this movie was too scary for kids. And would go over kids' heads because a lot of the themes in there are very adult. My response to that is, fuck you. This is a great film for kids. This is also a great, another great gateway kind of horror film. And it deals with a lot of really deep um, concepts and, and ideas and themes. And it does in a way which is done really, really well. 
and I don't know if we want to get into a little more detail about our stuff before we get into spoilers, but it ties directly into the spoilers in a lot of ways. I mean, we, I can, mean, we can jump right into the... I think go for it, yeah. I think jumping into it is fine. This this movie is... it. So, the, the curse that Norman has been gifted upon to fight back is the the curse of this of this witch um well witch girl who was killed way back in the salem witch trial type days because yeah, it was the 1800s, because, or 1600s i should say because she had she had the same ability that norman has that his uncle also had where she could see um she could see dead people she could see ghosts and she would be talking with them and doing all this and this trial of um this court trial basically they they sentenced her to death she was she was hung and you don't actually see her being hung or anything like that they just they allude to it and so every year at around halloween time she comes back to try and haunt and haunt the town and raise the dead raise the dead and do all and she's based and the curse is actually more on the the zombified um court of judges than the actual town itself the people that basically killed her yeah yeah it, she's vengeful she's she's a ven- it's a vengeful spirit and the uncle ends up passing away somehow in a very funny scene actually he 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 initially goes down to die and he, he you see his spirit coming out of his body and it goes back in and he breathes and he's like no damn it or he's like haha yes i'm not dead yet and then he falls back and immediately dies again with with the book in his hand and he goes like ah nuts and you know he just but he had been doing that for years decades even he had been the one going to read the story and he had to pass it on norman and that was his that was his uh last thing to do on earth i guess was to pass that off to norman and he ascends to heaven and all that but Norman now has to try and figure out what the hell to do because he doesn't fully explain to him in detail what to do, but Norman has now taken the reins on reading this storybook to this child spirit to try and fight back the curse, and Norman actually kind of goes above and beyond to do it, and it's a really fun adventure along the way with some fun characters. The humor in this film is top-notch, I think, for, for a claymation kids film i yeah. think i think it's actually a very very funny film yeah i mean there's a lot of quirky humor a lot of play on words a lot of things in the background which i think if you said you pay, kind of pay attention to the stuff that's going on in the background that's it's just funny you know a little goofy stuff so for example there's a a, a restaurant that's called witch's wieners <laughs> witchy wieners witchy wieners that's right witchy wieners and then what the w and the witchy goes flickering in and out so it looks like it says itchy wieners and it's just a little minor thing but it's kind of like yeah or kissing the when because uh neil's is neil is the the, the, the little chubby friend yes, yes so norman he, so his dog passes away and norman can see the dog and the dog was run over oh, so yeah, it's split right. so it's split in two halves and he's he's neil's bending down to kiss the dog that he obviously can't see and norman's like um that's not his face buddy and then you don't see him <laughs> kissing the butt but then he he stands up and it and you it pans back to seeing the spirit dog and it's just the butt floating away so he just kissed the dog's butt the dog's it's spirit cute. butt it's it's funny little things like that it's a little f- fun cool. stuff this and- movie is quirky very quirky. That's a good way to describe it. So something I came to realize a little bit after thinking some more about this film is the, the two big predominant themes 
I think, in this film have to do with those that are, with people that are considered the rejects or kind of the dregs of society, if you will. Mm -hmm. So you've got Norman, you've got his, who's basically picked on because he's this pariah and everyone thinks he's weird and creepy and he's crazy because he's saying he's seeing all these ghosts. And you've got Neil, who is the stereotypical, morbidly obese kid in school that everyone makes fun of. He has IBS. He has IBS and everything. And he, they become friends because they're basically both prides of the school. Then you've got the bully character... Played by McLovin, Alvin. From yeah. from Superbad, McLovin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Alvin. And he is not very smart. They establish that many times in the film. He's very large and over and it's that's often suggested, in my opinion, that he's been held back and so on and so forth. So he is in a lot of ways a reject as well, but he covers up that by basically picking on everyone else that he can to become the bully. So that's something I gather. So you've got these characters and then the, the, the antagonist that turns out not to be the antagonist in the film, the spirit of the witch girl as well. In my opinion, she's also pry and a reject. Mm-hmm. And then tying in with that, it deals a lot with trauma. Ultimately, in my opinion, this film is about trauma. It's about people dealing with trauma that has been inflicted on them and how you contend with that. And I think the the perfect example of this at the very end when everything's revealed that the witch is not evil and she was the victim and all this and she's basically suffering from spiritual PTSD, if you will. Mm-hmm. And Norman basically says, that's okay, I'm not going away. And he f- makes her face it and he treats it as just fine. I think that that's really important. The way that they treat it is he doesn't treat it like a negative thing as he acknowledges what she went through. And he he helps her get through it. Mm -hmm. And especially in a kid's film, I think that's so important that that kind of stuff is approached. But it's not done in the way where it's shoving it down your face. But you kind of gather it just by watching the film through osmosis. And I really have to give kudos to the film for doing stuff like that. It plays both sides of that coin, too. Because it it talks about trauma and the the weird kids, the dredges that go through all this abuse and how they deal with it. Mm -hmm. But it also goes to the other side about people that are on the normal side accepting these people. Yes. Which I really liked. It it played the the kid side and the adult side. And it focused on both halves. Obviously, the main character um, was on one half of that that coin that that side of the the ordeal the the trauma that it was dealing with in this story but it it handled both halves very well it it juggled the morality of the story for adults and kids to easily digest it yes i watched this with my son and he loved it now going off of what ian said about certain people saying that maybe this isn't great for kids that's bullshit. It depends on the kid. If the kid doesn't like scary movies, this may be a little too much for him, and that's fine. But once again, it's got great humor. There's only one part in the story that my son got a little fidgety, and I think he got bored. But the beginning and the end, he was enthralled, and he loved it. So to me, this this is a, a great film. And something else, some other good positive message, I think that it, it has for well pretty much anyone not just kids but this movie talks a lot about fear Mm -hmm. and the things that we do because we are scared of something yes and the it shines it actually it shines a negative light on that which i think is a good thing like it it shines on the bad things that we will do just because we are scared and don't understand something and it's telling us we need to take the time to actually maybe go a little bit more in depth and look at things before instead of 
instead of acting on initial emotion and fear, because it also shines a light on like the gang mentality that happens when someone, when when a whole group of people get scared, and how really easy it is to get them all riled up they and just freaked out to each other. Yeah, because the, basically a big mob forms in this movie, and they're destroying their town all because they they're scared of well zombies, which zombies are something to be scared of, but they never actually took the time to realize that these zombies weren't actually hurting anyone they just saw zombies and immediately jumped to well they're bad but they never it never clicked in their brain that these zombies are weren't actually because if you notice the zombies never actually harmed anyone but they it it, this movie just it, it has a very good message of do not do not react to initial emotion take the time to discuss things to learn about things before you know don't don't be so hot-headed with your emotions or don't react with don't react to fear immediately take your time and learn things first yeah and and ultimately there's really there isn't there isn't a bad guy or antagonist in this film was there's a lot of characters that's red herring yeah there's red herring bad guys but there's no actual and, and in fact, the only bad guys I would say that are truly in the film is everyone in the film, with the exception of Norman and the townspeople. Is the townspeople Alvin can be? Is it talks about basically the fact that there are no good guys or bad guys; there are just people, and people can sometimes become bad due to society. Essentially, is mm-hmm. it has a lot of stuff about society in there, and that's like again, I keep on hammering on this, but I think it's so important. Is for a kids' film, it has all these really heady themes in it. But it does it does in the way that's easily digestible for kids and also for adults as well. And I really appreciate that. And I have to give kudos to the film for that. One other thing I want to talk about, too, for the visual style. So this is a personal preference, but I really like it, is when the spirit of the witch, the witch girl, becomes active. I mean, there was a lot, there's a lot of horror theming. Everything is very horror-themed. Norma's obsessed Dreams with horror and films blacks. and all that. Yeah, but when the spirit girl starts to come alive, she basically creates a spirit storm over the town and creepy witch face and everything. And it's just me, but there's something about green fire and, and, and just green etherealness that always grabs me. I really love that style. I really love the look of that. And it definitely stems from I actually was a big fan of Sleeping Beauty when I was a kid and I fucking love Maleficent as the Black Dragon with the green fire it's still one of my favorite Disney images and that's just kind of resonated ever since then throughout most of my life and this is a great example of that legitimately creepy visuals that I thought were really really cool (laughs) sorry (laughs) we're we're getting I think we're getting to the end of our of our points here um so yeah I I this is a this is a recommend from me um i think this movie can open up a really good line of dialogue with your kids and you can it it, it sends a really good message and it's it's funny it's quirky it's got a little bit of horror elements but nothing that is going to send you home with nightmares at the end of the day this is this is a great fun kids movie and adults can enjoy it too and it's one that i would recommend you add it to your list of films that you watch around halloween time this is a very solid movie and it gets a recommend from me yeah most certainly now because it is a kids movie don't just assume it's going to be a light watch i honestly think out of kids movies this is a heavier load just because of the themings of it um not to say that it's going to be completely and totally absorbed into the kid's head and they're going to understand it but it may as jacob said start this line of dialogue 
So it may not be an easy afternoon, easy watch, but if you want to sit down as a family, I think this is an absolutely great film. I would definitely recommend it as well. And touching on what Forrest said there too, yeah, it is a, it's a heavier film. It's a little bit harder to palette compared to other kids' films, but it is still a fun film. It's still a lot of fun. It's still got a lot of good humor in it. It's still ultimately, at the end of the day, kind of an adventure film. And therefore, I still highly recommend it to basically anyone, to be totally honest. This would be a great recommend for any person that just likes movies because they're movies. Absolutely. All right. Um, so we want we to kind of touch on Patreon. Um, well, actually, okay, so this one's coming out in between running... <laughs> Sorry, but behind behind the scenes a little bit, this one is actually being recorded after we record Running Man. It I know it's a little bit behind the scenes a little bit, but it's we're gonna anyway. Go ahead, Ian. I'm gonna babble on. Go ahead. <laughs> You're good. I, I'm, I'm losing my train of thought here. We love you. So yeah. the the episode that we did before this was Stay Alive, which is our second to last episode mm-hmm. for season two. Running Man is our season finale, and then this film is coming in between them. And this is our last patreon exclusive episode we're going to be doing for the foreseeable future the reason being is we're going to be doing a lot of big changes for season three ultimately with the intention of benefiting you the listener and hopefully the subscriber and if you have not subscribed to patreon maybe consider it especially due to the changes that we're making not required but you do get additional fun stuff for a good price and speaking of price that is one of the first things we're doing is we are decreasing the monetary value of our three tiers our first tier at one dollar is going to stay one dollar and that's for early access to our episodes you'll get them you'll get access to the episodes a couple uh, days before it's released on Spotify or Anchor or wherever else you're listening. And also it'll make the episode fully ad-free as well as we break it into basically two different sections on Patreon. Uh, we're going to take our $5 tier. We're going to decrease it to a $3 tier. It's the exact same thing from before. It's literally just cheaper. You're going to get the same early access to episodes as the $1 tier. And then you also get to have visibility to all of our bi-weekly movie reviews that mm-hmm. one of us does on our own free time about movies that we may not necessarily want to talk about in a full episode here, but it's just something that we really like that we wanted to talk about. So it could be anything underneath the sun for that. It could be a major film. It could be a random B film. It could be us just talking about a genre or whatever we feel or like. Or a TV basically. series even. Like it could literally be anything. Yeah, whatever you feel like. And then our final tier, which was at $10, now we're dumping it down to $5, is... The same thing, you get the same stuff from $1 and $3, and then instead of having us p- having you pick an exclusive movie for us to review like we did with Paranorman, due to the fact that we want to make sure that we're going to be able to get a whole, um, help out every single subscriber and give them a monthly bonus rather than a once-per-season bonus, which we don't think is necessarily fair to the people who are subscribing at the higher rank. Instead, what we're doing is every month we're going to be putting up a poll on Patreon where we're going to have a selection of uh, movies or genres or something like that that we're going to be doing a bonus episode on in a similar format to what we're doing right now with our Patreon exclusive episode. But those are going to be picked by our $5 subscribers. Every single person that subscribes to $5 is going to be able to vote in that poll. And basically you guys get to pick what we're going to be talking about. We're going to be choosing the movies. However, we do want have some list we do want to have some interaction with everyone so if you have a suggestion please still tell us we will definitely consider it we will always take suggestions by our viewers seriously and they will probably be prioritized over our own interests Mm -hmm. as long as we still think it fits the format of what we want to talk about and then ultimately that will give you all as the listener and the subscriber a monthly benefit rather than a once every 
four to six months, depending on how long our season is. So cheaper, more stuff on a regular basis, and still access to the content that we're giving as well. And overall, we're just going to be improving season three as a whole. We're going to be improving our format. We're going to be changing up a couple things as well. Scene Rejects is going to be taking the back end, and we're going to be working on some new after show moving forward. We haven't 100% solidified stuff, but we have some fun ideas. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, yeah, and this will all—all all of these changes will be taking place in January when yes. when season three officially starts. Um, yeah, and um, we 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 go over it as well in in the Running Man episode. But uh, thank you to all of our patrons who have uh, subscribed to the ten dollars tier. It's very appreciated. Uh, we've enjoyed covering all your movies, even if we haven't. <clears throat> the devil's advocate the mom advocate. i love you but the devil's advocate um <laughs> but no thank you so much to everyone and uh we're hoping to help kind of boost up your experience for a little bit less money and we're just so appreciative that you guys have decided to give us buffoons your money like it's great so um and yeah that that'll do it i think uh yeah thank you so much you guys thank you for not ejecting these rejects we'll see you later bye Catch you all in the bye